Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is the podcast for uh, December 9th, uh, 2018, the also, year of our Lord. No, uh, also known as Advent 2. <laughs> Advent 2. And, uh, and, and to, to start off this one, uh, I wanted to uh, um, reiterate a, a question that had been asked of me recently, because we did just start doing these podcasts. Right. And uh, I was asked by somebody who had listened, take, taken the time to listen to them, what, what are you trying to accomplish with these? Like, what, what's the point of, of this podcast? And to answer that question, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> but hopefully you're finding some, uh, some sort of uh, useful uh, uh, input, if, if nothing more uh, than, than a, than a uh, spiritual waste of time for 30 minutes. Uh, but, uh, but hopefully um, we're, the discussion of, of, of the, the Word of God uh, uh, it, it remains with you th- as a result through the week, and you get something out of it. But, uh, but... I have no way to defend myself on this. Well, and, and I'm glad I can fulfill such low expectations. <laughs> Look, if you set the bar low, low enough, very low, it, you, you can always uh, achieve what you're looking for if you if you have a low enough bar. Well, and, but to have give a semi serious answer, maybe mm-hmm. even fully serious, there is so much material in the scripture readings assigned by our common lectionary to any given Sunday. This gives us a chance to dive into some of those pieces that will never make it into a sermon. So mm-hmm. this is sort of like, we could almost call this lectionary outtakes. Okay, yeah, but okay. I think that is so esoteric. That <laughs> that's not helpful. And, 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 and for anybody who listens to this, you know why it's been taken out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not sermon-worthy material. <laughs> raising the quality of the sermons by letting me get this out now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you're obviously not wrong because uh, in that there's so much there's so much uh, uh, material here. Uh, and anybody who's who's taken the chance to crack open a Bible uh, recognizes that it's a it's a fairly long a long read. Uh, plenty of people do. Uh, uh, year-long studies of the Bible, where they where and they take the, the the year to read all the scriptures, and there's a lot to to, to delve in, and so it, it dive into. In fact, we're on a we're in a three-year cycle right. of, of of readings, so we felt there was enough uh, there was enough richness uh, there to 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 at least have a conversation, and then I, whether or not we we achieve a specific point, I guess is pointless. <laughs> secondary. Secondary. That's just, that's so, but uh, but but today let's uh, let's uh, let's just go ahead and dive into the readings if we can. Yeah, and what I'd like to do this time is do it backwards so that we start with a no. gospel reading. No, that's not how that's not how the service goes. I don't believe. <laughs> well, that's why we're not doing a service. <laughs> Although I do that's wonder on our YouTube channel. I do wonder uh, wh- what kind of freak out you would get should you do the gospel first. Uh, uh, you would you would have a riot on your hands. I would assume. I think so, and probably an inter- intervention as well. <laughs> Ooh, I would love to be a part of that intervention. Okay, so you're saying start with Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Is that That's correct? That's right. Okay, all right. Well, uh, let me start. So the, the first part of this reading is, uh, it almost sounds like the setup to like a Game of Thrones episode. So I'm going to, yeah. so, so in, in, in that regard, just imagine the, uh, the, the, the movie, movie voice guy, uh, you know, uh, uh, narrating over, in the 15th year of the reign of Imperial Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Atyria, Trachonitis and Lysanias ruler of Abilene during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God 
came to John, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. And then the story starts. Um, mm-hmm. So he went into all the region around jo- uh, the Jordan, uh, being the river, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And I have a question here only in that... so I've heard I've heard this I've heard that that you know that phrase uh, a lot growing up in the church right the the you know um, obviously the part of the voice of one crying out in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord but the part about making paths straight vill- uh, valleys filled in mountains made low it makes it sound like everything you know he's gonna make everything super boring like there's no <laughs> there's no hills no dales. <laughs> No to or fro as you travel. No interesting topographical features. The 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 the, the pathways are going to go from point A to point B as the bird flies. And like it, it if when you imagine this, it it sounds super boring. Like what's the uh, what what's the what's the author saying there of 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 the you know when he comes, this is what's going to happen. What's the point of making crooked paths straight? I, I mean, I can mm-hmm. I can I can assume a little bit of like you know you know, bad deeds undone or something like that. But like, what's the, what's the, uh, what's the point of making valleys uh, fill in and mountains made low and they don't have Jeeps. <laughs> it was hard walking. Those days. Yeah, that really is what it's about is that people frequently made pilgrimages to Jerusalem. <clears throat> okay. Not just once a lifetime, but sometimes multiple times a year even. And, Jerusalem's uphill from anywhere. Uphill both ways? Yes. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, It's uphill. There are twisty roads. It's hard to get there. And so this is a metaphor of the pilgrimage way that before was treacherous, dangerous. They don't quite include this, but people would have in their minds the thieves and muggers that were all along the road for when you were tiring out walking uphill and you no longer be able to outrun them mm-hmm. that's when they rob you that this is an image for making it really easy to get to jerusalem to the temple mm-hmm. to god's home and therefore is a metaphor about how easy it will be to be in relationship with god to experience God's love and to share that with others. So, so image speaking wise, uh, with modern Christianity, one of the, one of the, uh, the, the images I grew up with, uh, being uh, quick background for me, uh, I grew up non-denominational Christian church. One of the images that they, that, that we really loved, uh, uh, teaching kids when, when I was a, when young was, uh, a, a depiction of the chasm of where we are and where God is and the cross fills in the chasm and you are in like, you know, you're able to, I, I, I never really liked the imagery myself, but, uh, the, uh, but, but the, the, the concept being that it bring, it bridges the divide between you and God. It, 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 it he's bringing, he's bringing you closer to God. Is that, is that kind of the, 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 the imagery? I mean, obviously the pilgrimage is part of it, but the, 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 the whole point of that is so that you have this, spiritual experience and that you get closer to God. Is that, is that kind of the, that's, that's certainly in the same vein Mm -hmm. within um, the tradition of that John the Baptist was part of and, and 
pretty much in the Episcopal tradition as well. The, there wasn't so much, a, there wasn't any imagery really about a chasm between humanity and God. Okay. That instead it was God's always here with us. Mm -hmm. We just have to open our eyes and realize it. Okay. And that we don't have the power to distance ourselves from God. Okay. So the, the, there's an old joke about, have you found Jesus? Gosh, I didn't know he was missing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's very much in the Episcopal vein. And also uh, in the general spiritual vein of Judaism, that God's not in some distant heavenly place or beyond a, a chasm. Instead, God is with us, and we're just often too reluctant or self-centered to realize it. Mm, okay. So in that way, it, it's not quite the same as that chasm imagery in this passage from Luke. It's uh, a little bit different than that, but it's in the same vein. I got, I gotcha. And then so, so the 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 imagery is designed specifically to to um, get the readers to think about that pilgrimage to right. Jerusalem. So then that, for me, I guess that opens up the, the, the realization that there's plenty of other references, uh, uh, and even like the parable of the, of the, uh, you know, the, the good Samaritan. Good Samaritan. Um, it's all about that. All, you, you know, writing that same, that, that same understanding. And yeah. immediately as, as, as they start to talk about this, that's what the original, recipients or the yeah. original readers would have thought of as like, Oh yeah. Okay. I, I, I've made that trek before. I've, I, exactly. I go there once a year. And I, I worry all the time. Well, <clears throat> what if something happens to me? If I'm robbed, will anyone stop and help me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was an extremely common uh, context situation and, and worry that the good Samaritan story references. Interesting. So I, I guess I never really uh, made that realization that this, this, uh, this phrase, cause it's, I, I believe it's used a couple of times. It's not just in Luke, uh, talking about the, the, the hills, the mountains made low and right. <clears throat> that well, imagery it, referring specifically to the, the, uh, the, 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 the travel to Jerusalem. Yeah. There's a whole series of Psalms in the book of Psalms, of course, that are called the Psalms of Ascent, which, okay. which were the Psalms that pilgrims would recite as they were walking up. I don't know, I think it's a couple thousand feet climb to mm. enter Jerusalem. Okay. So, yeah, there's... So this so this was not an easy easy trek at all. Not, right. not I mean, just they, because uh, maybe your path took you through foreign lands or, you know, maybe not unsafe uh, territories, but... But like it was actual, actual uh, Actually difficult to get there. Yeah, when hmm. uh, the two times I got to go to the Holy Land... Uh, there are many jokes. Um, Braggart. <laughs> You'd understand this passion's better, Ben, yeah. if you if you if you'd only been there. If you'd only been there. <laughs> and, and what I was going to say is, and you were on a broken down tour bus trying to make it up the dark. Oh gosh! Hill. Okay, so so then yeah. So even today, boy, I sure could use some mountains made low right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> It all became clear. <laughs> that is interesting. I mean, I, I'm sure that that would be the you know the case is that that would be a, that would be a very interesting study to be able to experience some of those things because it, it it is uh, there are a lot of I assume there's a lot of, uh, of, of passages in especially the the New Testament because it's it's speaking directly to people who live in that yeah. region and they 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 fold that into their storytelling that you know it's kind of like a you had to have been there kind of a thing. 
uh, in order to understand some of the references that, that if you if you were only able to see you know this mm-hmm. house the, the, the city on a hill right uh, concept and you're like oh yeah literally is a city on a hill yeah. and a shining beacon to the to the region and you know that, yeah, that can see it from miles away that interesting yeah yeah interesting well then uh we're gonna have to work on that i i gotta get, get me to the holy land i recommend it highly <laughs> nice very good um so so any anything else about i i, I we don't need any insight i don't think uh for the first uh two verses there the the it's not so much a genealogy, but it's uh, it's it's setting the, the the stage for the period of time that we're talking about. But uh, anything well, interesting there? There is in that Luke seems to be well, he is very concerned about setting the event of Jesus's <clears throat> preaching in a historic context. Gotcha. So in, and that's not universal through the scriptures. We often are left guessing as modern readers about when exactly would this have been said or when was this prophet talking or that sort of thing. So this is like a historical so, attestation of like this is Yeah, pay attention. The, this, this is the equivalent of like on December, you know, 2nd, 2018, this happened. And because Luke Luke's theme that we'll see over and over through the lectionary year C, so through most of 2019, is this happens in real time. Okay. That mm-hmm. that God in our lives happens in real time in the time that Jesus is walking the earth in the human form and now as well. Okay. So we're in a sense supposed to put this kind of contextual description into our own lives. Mm. So, you know, in the reign of President Trump, da 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 mm-hmm. and so that we realize that this is not either pie-in-the-sky future-oriented, nor is it ancient history, but instead the message of the gospel is supposed to be for right here, right now, uh, and affect how we live our daily lives. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so there actually is meaning even there. Awesome. Uh, anything Anything else about Luke sake 3? sake of brevity, I'll say no. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do a 30-minute podcast on, on Luke 3? Uh, could do it. I'm sure. We, I'm sure we could. Uh, uh, as 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 our listeners would probably attest to, I can talk meaninglessly for a long time and quite enjoyably. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, so uh, Philippians then, uh, chapter one, three through eleven, uh, reads this way: I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you. Because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart for all of you. Share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I will, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Jesus, Christ Jesus, and this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to, to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. So this, the author for the book of uh, to the Philippians is... Is Paul. Is Paul. Which okay. is not necessarily the case for all of the letters, even all the letters that are attributed to Paul. But this one, scholars agree solidly, is a Pauline letter. I got you. 
Pauline. Pauline. Ooh, Some technical lingo there. Interesting. Not the perils of, but the letters of. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and uh, um, there's a mention there. Uh, is it? Is he currently writing this when he is imprisoned? Yes. Okay. And that's caused all sorts of PhDs to be written about which prison he's in. And you can take various clues. And that's the whole thesis around a, a single PhD? It can be. <laughs> with lots of Greek and Latin involved. I got you. Okay. Maybe even some Hebrew. Uh, but there, it, it, this may sound odd, but for biblical scholars, the ultimate prison for Paul is Rome. Okay. Because that means he's uh, near the end of his missionary journeys. It's culmination of his wisdom and guidance and spirit. Uh, he's close to his death because he's executed in Rome. Mm -hmm. All that said, most scholars do not think this is from Rome, but rather is from earlier in his missionary journeys. So in terms of the passage we have before us right now, that doesn't really affect the message. But as people write their PhDs, mm -hmm. they can play around with and, and investigate closely how his theology has shifted as his uh, ministry went through the years. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's are he's in prison in um, maybe Corinth or Ephesus, with Ephesus right now leading the pack among scholars about where he is. It's a Roman city because he talks about an imperial guard mm -hmm. being in charge of him, but it doesn't seem to be Rome itself. Gotcha. Not too many people escaped the prisons in Rome. Right. <laughs> right. That's the, uh, that's the end of the road for many in prison. Yeah. You're <laughs> off to the Colosseum for entertainment purposes. Or just flat out executed. Yeah, flat out executed. Uh, so this th this letter, uh, this is basically minus the first two verses. Uh, this is basically how the letter starts right. to the Philippians. Right. So what's uh, it, it seems to me that he's just kind of saying like, I'm really thankful for you. I'm really glad that you're you know uh, yeah. thanks for thinking of me. Uh, I I. Pray that your, you know, your love for God and Christ continue. Um, it almost kind of, the way he phrases it, it almost kind of sounds like, it, it, though, that he does kind of feel like this is nearing the end. I don't, I don't know how much more I have um, in me. Just the way that he phrases, like, and this is my prayer, uh, you know, that, that, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading. Uh, maybe your your recent color com commentary is is affecting my my interpretation of what he's 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 reading. But it almost sounds like he's like, you know, swan song. Swan song. Exactly. Um, we don't know is the, is the safest thing to say about it. But the the one way to summarize the passage we have for this morning is. He's really, 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 really thankful mm -hmm. and encouraging. And what's interesting is that if you read contemporary, as in 2018, uh, business journals, those are two qualities that keep getting written about as the keys to leadership and success of a, of a team is mm. to thank them and encourage them. That's some more important than teaching techniques, for instance. Hmm. So I'm not trying to say Paul was the original uh, business consultant, but 
we can see here part of this technique for the Christians and the Christian communities that he helped form by repeatedly thanking them for all that they're doing, all that they're doing for him and for the church, and encouraging, encouraging them to keep going. Hmm. Uh, and it meant something, we know, because the letter was preserved. That's no small thing right. to preserve a piece of writing that's uh, from basically the roughly the year 60 A.D. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was you know, decades, you know, it was centuries before printing presses came along. Right. So people found these words to be very powerful. And the, the words of thanks, the words of encouragement. So uh, it's really, I don't want to say Paul was ahead of his time because he was very much of his time, maybe it's that he helped set the course and teach us how do we help people be their best. We thank them, we encourage them. Hmm. And obviously the, the best thing to be at your best is Christianity, is being a good person, being a good follower of Christ. Hmm. So thank them and then encourage them. So even though we have one more verse, I want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the podcast. And uh, we hope that you, we encourage you to, to check out our previous ones and to uh, con continue to follow us along and, and uh, download uh, future updates, which will come out every Tuesday. Uh, so, again, thank you. And uh... <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And encourage, encourage, encourage. Keep it up. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else, anything else about this letter to the Philippians? I, th I feel like the, the, the meat and potatoes of the, later, the letter end up coming in verses in chapters later. The following, yeah. Uh, um, uh, and uh, this is, this is kind of just the opening of, of, uh, of the letter. Though it's possible to also say the rest is trivial, and this is the meat of the letter. And it, for, yeah, I suppose from a, from a point of view, that's the, that, that, who knows the, the, the main reason why uh, it, it struck such a chord yeah. with the Philippians that they chose to, to preserve it, whether it was uh, all-encompassing or whether you know, it was really nice in that, those first couple of well, sentences. Yeah. It, and, it got uh, us through those persecutions. It got us through those yeah. times when the Romans were pounding on the door and we had to hide. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, the rest of that stuff you said was nice, but if it weren't for those <laughs> things, we might have given up. <laughs> and I'm sure as a, as, as, as a priest uh, who, who regularly gives homilies, you'll hear, uh, in a way, some, some variation of, of that same kind of a thing, in that they'll, you know, an individual will pick out a specific oh, part yeah. of a sermon, uh, might not be able to recall to you anything, anything else. else that you said, but like, oh, when you yeah. said this, that really struck a chord with me. Yeah. That really meant a lot to me. And because I thought about, you know, this situation in my own life, or I thought about this person, uh, and, and it, it was really meaningful. So I, I suppose that's kind of how we all operate. Right. Oh, and how many, just any individual in their life, someone will say, you know, years ago at the staff meeting, you said this thing to me and it kept me going <clears throat> through a real tough time. You had no idea about, I've, I've heard many people through the years relate that story to me mm -hmm. in various forms that that little bit of encouragement they gave someone almost off the cuff kept them going for a long long time yeah and, and you don't and 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 you don't even know sometimes when you've said one of those things right. i actually had an experience like that a couple of years ago uh, through the youth group uh, um, something had come up and and one of the one of the kids said something and i thought oh, it was like that's that's very thoughtful. That's a that that's very insightful. Where'd you where'd you hear that? And he goes, "You said it like three years ago." <laughs> oh, uh, 
It's always nice when like you I said, yourself. Like I said, very thoughtful, very insightful. What was it again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but oh, very good. It's, well, obviously, yeah, those letters, it's kind of fun to read those letters that uh, encouraging those, uh, those, those yeah. early churches um, because I think uh, – we, we can see some of ourselves in them as well. I mean, Holy Family is, right? is a relatively young church as far as, uh, you know, the, the history of the Episcopal Church goes. Um, you know, we right, established so. only 20-some years ago, and, and that's the, we're fledgling. And so, uh, Words of way, encouragement yeah. are very welcome. Exactly. So, all right. Um, then uh, we'll round it out here with Malachi. Uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. He will sit at, as a refiner and purify of, purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Uh, so I guess we, we see a little bit of a parable uh, or parable uh, parallel to the uh, to, to the reading in Luke talking about the messenger John the Baptist, uh, of God. Right. But I have to admit, I, refiner's fire, I I get. What is Fuller's soap? I have no idea. This has been. <laughs> yeah, change podcast. the channel. <laughs> this has been our podcast for the week. Um, uh, that one, I would like, it struck me. Like, I, I does it have to do with purifying gold and silver? I, 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 I should have looked this up ahead of time. I was just banking that you would know. Um, which rather than disappointed and once mislead, again, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> rather than speculate and mislead, we'll let people Google and be the recipient of accurate. I wish we had a, I, I wish we had a, a great way for uh, people to leave comments. I'm sure we'd get, uh, we'd, yeah. we'd get all sorts of corrections on, on uh, all sorts uh, of things. On all sorts of totally wrong. <laughs> right. Completely disagree with your reading here, your interpretation. But, uh, but we'll have to go, go after you're done listening to this. Go Google. What, what a fuller is and what their soap might be. Um, but it seems like the rest of the, uh, the, the passage is talking about um, uh, uh, smelting and, and, and using either, right. either uh, somebody who is, is making jewelry or something ornate uh, with, with gold and silver. So I assume they, might, they must go hand in hand um, uh, in some way, shape, or form. I will find out here in like 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but... Uh, um, but it's interesting that the um, so the implication is that the one who comes will kind of like weed out. Is this a reference to like weeding people out or weeding out uh, misconceptions, bad habits? Like what's More, the mostly the bad habits? If I had to choose one of the terms you just used, it's about basically it's about having better leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, within the temple community. What Malachi has been talking about in the verses leading up to this is that the leaders have become corrupt and are no longer caring for the widows and orphans who are the, the primary imagery of the people who are poor 
and in need throughout the Hebrew scriptures. So they're not talking about sins that are sort of more interesting to talk about. Instead, it's the simple thing. If you're not taking care of people who are hungry, you're not taking care of people who are homeless, therefore you need to reform mm -hmm. and uh, turn from those ways and follow God more closely by feeding the poor, caring for the widows, housing the homeless, etc., etc. Okay. So it's purifying in the sense of having much better ethics, having much higher values, and most of all, valuing every single person within their community and not lining their own pockets with uh, temple offerings and not doing what is so socially acceptable in almost any society, overlooking those who are at the bottom. So this is, this is, a, this is a criticism of, of the House of Judah. This is... Yeah, and John the Baptist echoes that. Jesus mm -hmm. echoes that. So many prophets through Jewish and Christian thought have, are echoing that right to this day. And and uh, and uh, then uh, carry the the concept forward. This is what Malachi's uh, talking about. But even you know, I, I'm thinking in my head a number of times where um, Jesus is kind of pointing out, like uh, you guys have gotten completely entangled with all these religious laws and religious rules. I forget what the at one point in time I I, I know I'd heard you know the the number of of religious laws that were on the books around the time of Christ and it was mm -hmm. something insane like you know 300 or 400 or 500 or something along those lines and it just you've gotten so obsessed with the rules that you've set forward you've lost track of the point right and and so like as I read that the the refining concept kind of speaks to me and like no 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 let's refine it down mm -hmm. what we're talking about is and then Christ you know Christ himself refers very, very uh, directly to it, you know, the main concept I want you to understand is love. Right. You know, right. it refines it all the way down to like, no, 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 not rule, 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 rule. It's love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Uh, and, and he's quoting prophets from the Hebrew scriptures when he says that. Hmm. So, so I find that, I find that concept interesting. Okay. So, the, so, so. See, I, that, that's the shame of, of, of picking out just a portion of the verse. It, it'd be very interesting to see right. the background uh, on on the, the the book of Malachi to see you know that have that that background context. I think sometimes we lose that when we have these these readings. It's hard to encompass like enough of the the the, the context of well, and uh, especially with which is why you're listening to this. Yeah, now. especially with a book like Malachi where there are only four chapters. Right, it's really is worth sitting down and reading all four in one sitting. It's already a refined. Yeah. It's already <laughs> a refined <condensed>. reading. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hard to hard to condense it too much further. Right. Um, but but yeah. So um, any any anything else about uh, about this book um, other than that we're all going to go have to google Fuller's soap <laughs> and figure out I would say you'd benefit more by reading all four chapters. Ooh, all right. I like it. I like it. priest <laughs> Oh please, just be 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 snotty and be priestly. Uh, uh, but uh, but yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, and and actually the point the the point I would take from that this one section we have is that any church community, whenever we're making financial decisions, should be asking ourselves how is this benefiting the least among us. Mm -hmm. So as we are, whether it's taking on. Uh, 
major building construction project or buying new music for the choir or deciding how much to spend on paper for the Sunday bulletin, we should always be keeping in mind Malachi's words and so many other prophets about making sure that we're caring for the least among us and Mm -hmm. knowing that that is a core to God's call to us. Well said. I like I like ending on that note. I yeah, like me it. too. I like it. <laughs> Pat's on back. Pat's on back. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us again uh, on the on this shortcut to Sunday for December 9th. We look forward to uh, to seeing you in the service and 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 uh, feel free as you, if you have any questions or, uh, or or differences of opinion, contradictions. Uh, uh, or, or just want to tell us how wonderful uh, it is to hear Bruce on the podcast, uh, please come, feel free to come visit us on Sunday and, and, and say so. Uh, and uh, in, in light of that, thank you so much. Uh, this has been Ben. And this is Bruce. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.